My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David, and for today's podcast, I am joined by the one and only Ted, a.k.a. Steady, a.k.a. the man after today. <laughs> What's up, dude? Good to be back. Yeah, Ted had an incredible day today. Uh, we might talk about that a little bit, but if you want to hear more about his fantastic sunday uh you might want to go check out uh, countdowncitygeeks.com you might want to subscribe to the countdown city geek cast on youtube and all platforms instagram tiktok um ted's getting it done he is uh local to me and uh they have a terrific podcast on pop culture comic books tv film uh, you name it, they're covering it, and now they're interviewing just about everyone that rolls through our part of the country, and uh, it's fantastic. And um, I have uh, joined them in uh, working on uh, some of their uh, projects, and uh, upcoming, we will have a couple of conventions that we're going to attend. But first of all, we do want to thank, uh, as our tradition is, our awesome Patreon support. Uh, everyone out there that uh, helps keep the podcast running on the Purple Tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Graydown, Zach Netzel, and Marina, uh, Mariana Atia Arnold. Uh, on the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris, and on the black tier, we have Maka Tautala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, Liam McCallion, who's in the chat right now, and Texas Vader76. Thank you so much to everyone. Everyone's love, support, likes, subscribes, everything you do for us. So, yeah, Liam, like I said, is in the chat. Uh, he says, a morning, gents. Uh, well, it is where I am. Um, yeah, so as, Liam as is. is where it is, where we are, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the proper morning for Liam because uh, he is across the pond. So, yeah, he's about six hours, I think, ahead of us. So... There's a few things I want to touch on first before we get to the main topics uh, in the podcast. Um, the one that comes to mind, first of all, um, we've had several really awesome guest hosts for the podcast. Uh, Ted being one of them from other podcasts and YouTube channels. Um, but I just learned that one of our more frequent guest hosts, uh, Robert from Late to the Party... Uh, was actually uh, just admitted uh, to the hospital in Arizona uh, for a condition he suffered after he took a trip to Tennessee. I don't think he went to the ICCC convention like General Kenobi did, but he was in Tennessee. He came back, and he uh, had to go to the hospital because he had uh, unexplained bleeding, and uh, they didn't know why. Um, the hospital checked him out. He, he the bleed stopped, um, and then when he went back home, it continued again. So he went back to the hospital. So he's currently 
uh, in the ICU, but uh, the great news is that he's he's uh, fine at this point. Uh, he's not totally out of the woods, but uh, he is he's still in the hospital. They started a GoFundMe for his medical expenses because he is a podcaster, he's a YouTuber, and that's pretty much what he does. He quit his job, actually, um, from what I understand, and he does reaction videos on YouTube full-time. And he has over 176,000 subscribers on YouTube. And uh, that's, that's the way he makes his living. And uh, he has a GoFundMe, like I said. Um, I'll put the link here at the bottom. Um, it's kind of an ex- uh, like an obscure kind of link to type in. But if you just simply go to the GoFundMe page and just type in Late to the Party Robert, uh, you'll see it. It's the first one that pops up. Um, so I actually uh, took a couple screenshots. Um, it's on the GoFundMe page. I don't think he minds me uh, sharing it. Uh, so yeah, it says medical expenses for Robert from late to the party. Uh, their goal is fifteen thousand. They're almost there, guys. Um, and uh, they got a bunch of donations. But of course, uh, for GoFundMe, you have to hit that goal in order to actually get the money. Um, so uh, Vanessa, who you do know from late to the party, is is Robert's partner. Uh, she typed this. Uh, explanation here of what's going on um i'll read it to you here if you're watching us on youtube uh, facebook uh, twitter uh, you can see it but for our listeners i'll just read uh update he is currently in the icu due to blood loss but they are keeping him stable with blood transfusions um it also says hello there are even uh hello there uh, even with insurance, medical expenses can be expensive. As you may not know, Robert is currently experiencing massive amounts of blood loss. He has recently diagnosed with uh, diverticulosis. Uh, they discharged him to come home, and less than five hours, we are back in the ER uh, with even more bleeding. Anything helps. So if you can donate, great. If you don't have the money to donate, uh, that's fine, too. Uh, but... I just want to kind of get the word out there uh, for our buddy Robert, and um, he is doing better. I saw his uh, recent tweet. Uh, he did visit with family, I believe his parents, grandparents, uh, and he also talked about watching a couple of marathons. He did a Harry Potter marathon and uh, another franchise. I I forget uh, what the other one was, but uh, uh, seems like he's getting strength back. He's in good spirits, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to get the word out there. So go fund me, late to the party. Uh, donate to Robert if you can. Um, the next thing I want to talk about here um, in regards to our channel and uh, in partnership with Countdown to the Geekcast, uh, we have an interview coming up on Tuesday with the great Vanessa Marshall. And that'll be happening this Tuesday with Colin and Star, of course, everyone knows Colin from Sarsa Podcast. Star uh, was in all of our Bad Batch reviews. She does a really great job, and uh, she's going to participate more on Patreon. And, of course, we have Ray from Countdown City, and uh, General Kenobi will be there as well uh, from his uh, General Kenobi's Bunker uh, private channel, or personal channel, I should say, and uh, Countdown City Geekcast. So, there's a lot of uh, ties here uh, to Ted <laughs> that we're talking about. But yeah, uh, Vanessa Marshall will be on the podcast, and uh, we're going to have a pretty nice interview. So check that out. I'm not quite sure yet if they're going to go live Tuesday night. I think they are. But uh, as soon as we can, we'll upload that interview to every single channel we have, including Countdown City Geekcast. Um, 
So look look out for that. And the other thing I want to talk about is this weekend, I personally, as long, uh, as well as Ray, uh, will be at the Dallas Fan Expo in Dallas, Texas, uh, from June 9th to the 11th. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that my brother lives in North Texas, so I will be staying at his house. I'll be attending all three days, and I believe there's about six different Star Wars actors that are going to be in attendance. Hopefully, I can uh, work the uh, Ted and Maddie B magic and uh, get some interviews with some of these people. Um, Hayden Christensen, Rosario Dawson, Vivian Lyra Blair, uh, Danny Trejo, who is the Rancor Keeper. Yeah. Uh, we also have who else is going to be there, Ted? I'm trying to remember all of them. <laughs> I mean, you you called out the big ones. I mean, those were the the biggest ones. Um, or, um, I hate the fact that I'm probably going to forget. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss, who's kind of yeah. like under the radar one because she's going to be an acolyte. And I was in London and I saw that acolyte trailer, and she's the first face we saw, and she put all of her martial arts on display. Let me just say that. And it was really cool. There's no lightsabers involved, but you saw her face. She was in a cantina setting and she had a fight in a hallway and it was epic. And it's a shame that no one has seen the Acolyte trailer outside of the people that attend the celebration. But Still, still to this day, have not seen it. Yeah, but yeah, I digress. So Ashley Eckstein will be there as well. And she's met up with Colin and his wife multiple times in the Orlando area, uh, Colin and Brooke. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And I'm looking through the list of people here, and I think that is actually it. Well, you said so, uh, you said the stars of Daredevil already? No. Um, yeah, the, the stars of Daredevil will actually be there. So Rosario Dawson, of course, links in with the Defenders and, and Daredevil. But yeah, John Bernthal... Vincent D'Onofrio, Charlie Cox will be there. Um, and yeah, there's there's a pretty decent lineup going. And Sean Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can get uh, interviews. And the type of interview, I mean, that I'm looking for is, is it doesn't have to be that long, but it would be great to, to have a video for the podcast. And uh, I... I'll be sure to post that on Patreon as soon as I get it uh, from Dallas and uh, should be a lot of fun. And that's this weekend. And of course we have the San Antonio Com uh, car show and Comic-Con coming up in July, which is going to be massive unto its own countdown city. Heat cast will have a booth there. Um, and I also wanted to mention, if you do see me in Dallas, I'll probably have a star Wars stuff podcast shirt on. Um, I'll, be trying to get these interviews. If you see me out there, come say hi for sure. Um, 
I know Colin tells me all the time at Galaxy's Edge he gets approached by listeners and he often takes pictures of them. He often has swag on them. I'm probably going to take our remaining swag from London and have that on me. So if you do see me, you'll probably get some stuff. Um, but like I was saying with, uh, with the car show and Comic-Con happening in San Antonio, Texas, there's going to be a booth there. I'll be there with Ted and every one of the other members from Countdown City GeekCast. And we're going to try as hard as we can to, um, for me personally, to interview Katie Sackhoff. That would be terrific. And of course, Ming-Na Wen is going to be there, as well as Amelia Clark, who played Kira in Solo. And speaking of Ming-Na Wen, she just got her star on the Walk of Fame, which seems... Amazing. A little over um, overdue, uh, but of course, with uh, May being the an official official Star Wars month, um, and we like to say on the podcast, this is the May, but we're in June now. Ming-Na Wen closed out May the way that Carrie Fisher opened it by getting her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I have a picture here of her, and she was super excited. You can go to the Walk of Fame website, and you can watch the whole induction and she was joined by the cast of the Joy Luck Club, uh, which is a, a film that dropped, I think, in the early part of the 90s. And I remember at the time it was a huge film. Um, one of the, I think, the biggest film at the time uh, that had a completely Asian cast. And now you have these days with, um, help me out, Ted, the name of that one film that dropped um, Crazy Rich Asians. Um, there you go. That that would I think that was the next film that had a completely, uh, or I should say maybe predominantly Asian cast. Yeah. But I mean, it was groundbreaking at the time for Ming Na to be in that film. I I remember all the buzz around it on Entertainment Tonight and all the uh, Hollywood trades. But of course, we all know her as Fennec Shand, uh, as being inducted as as a Disney legend along with John Favreau and others. And uh, she has the Disney triple crown because she's done Disney animation. She was the voice of Mulan. Uh, she's done uh, Marvel, which she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, of course, she's done Star Wars as Fennec Shand. And um, that was all talked about in her induction ceremony. And it's a, it's an incredible career that she's had. Um, she's done so many different uh, projects in tv and film and if you notice her if you look at her star she was inducted as a television uh personality which i thought was kind of interesting because she's done a lot of film stuff but um i'm not sure if you chose that or if they chose that for her or what but uh, you can only have one on your star i've noticed that so congrats to her i'm so glad she's in and mark hamill actually had a little bit of a shout out to her um Mark Hamill basically told her, welcome to the neighborhood, because I think Mark Hamill's star is, is fairly close as well. So all this year, we've had Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Ming-Na Wen, and I hope I'm not forgetting anyone from Star Wars, but it's uh, it's really awesome to see them being recognized like this and um, totally happy for her. And of course, Fennec Shand is now, I believe she's walking around Galaxy's Edge. So if you go visit Galaxy's Edge, east west you can you can check out uh that that actor walking around along with did the mandalorian with grogu in tow so 
Awesome for her. Um, long, long overdue, like you said, and uh, probably going to be a great um, timing for her to come down for the superhero Comic Con and car show, and um, fans will be able to, to, you know, to bring this up. I'm sure that it'll get brought up in her panel about you know what it means to her. So, yeah, just uh, fantastic for her. Very happy for her. Yeah, a panel that Ted might be moderating. Hmm. <laughs> I don't have any inside information or anything. I'm, that's just a, a wish. A hope. Heard it through the grapevine. She's got <laughs> she's got a, a sort of a space odyssey movie coming out, um, maybe next year called uh, Persephone. Interesting. And uh, interesting cast. Si Morales is in it. Oh wow. Yeah, um, looks like it might be sort of like a B-type movie, if you will, but crazy-looking um, synopsis for it. Um, it's intriguing. It's, it's too long to read, but yeah, keep an eye out for her upcoming projects, and uh, that's going to be one that I'm going to keep an eye on. The moderator at her Walk of Fame ceremony brought up a future project and I couldn't make out the name of it. Maybe it was that one. I don't know. But interesting. So happy for her. Like I said, I she deserves a whole lot more, I think, than than what she's gotten. Um talented, beautiful, and very welcoming to the fans. I went to Comic Palooza last year in Houston. I attended the Mandalorian panel and I mean she's just awesome. Awesome with the fans. She's what I've referenced before in the past about actors that have acted in Star Wars. She's what one of those people that you do want in the family because they know what it means to be in Star Wars. They get it. They get that a lot of fans live, breathe, and die Star Wars. And uh, she's just one of those people. And... She does a lot of conventions. She's coming to San Antonio. She was in Houston last year. So it's it's going to be awesome to see her uh, coming up here in July in in the flesh. So Absolutely. So moving on to the first big topic uh, that we want to talk about here. So according to Bestman Bulletin, it uh, looks like the Mandalorian season four will reportedly begin filming in November of this year. So we all know that there's like a huge strike happening in the industry, the writer strike, a potential acting guild strike, maybe a director's guild strike. I mean, it all these kind of um, just kind of delaying situations for, TV and film. Uh, we all know that Tony Gilroy was set to um, complete out shooting for Andor season two, but with the 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 writer strike, he was actually kind of called out online, I believe, by a particular person. And Tony Gilroy saw that and he said, "Yeah, you're right. It's probably not the best thing to continue show running, even though the show is already written." and they called out the fact that, yes, if you do write something, then you're show running slash directing. There's going to be rewrites. There's going to be 
uh, certain situations where you're going to have to write. So that's not something that's uh, looked upon favorably by the writers. So essentially everything's being halted. That's it's in the process of being shot, about to be shot. Um, Ahsoka's not in any danger because all that's in post-production. It's just the effects work, I believe, at this point. Um, but I definitely did want to read this article from Bespin Bulletin. So their article states, uh, the latest issue of Production Weekly has been released and has set the Star Wars fandom abuzz as a publication is reporting that the fourth season of The Mandalorian is gearing up to begin filming this November. The news follows reports from Deadline, which revealed that the Mando season four was looking to suffer a delay from its planned late September filming start to an unspecified time due to the ongoing Writers Guild of America strike. Currently does not have an end in sight. In addition, the WGA strike, the Directors Guild of America, and Screen Actors Guild are also possibly ramping up for the strike for a strike of their own in the coming weeks and months, which could delay The Mandalorian along with many other film and television projects significantly further. Um, it was first reported by uh, Making Star Wars in March that The Mandalorian Season 4 was aiming to begin filming at the start of October, and shortly after, the creator of the series, John Favreau, confirmed that he'd already written the fourth season of the hit Disney Plus series and that early pre-production had begun, with MSW reporting that the scripts were likely written and finalized ahead of the WGA strike. If fil filming were to start on The Mandalorian Season 4 whilst the WGA strike was ongoing, Favreau, who is a showrunner of the series in addition to being a writer, would find himself in murky waters. Despite the scripts being complete, Favreau would not be allowed to cut for time, complete minor dialogue or narration changes, and would not be allowed to make technical or stage direction changes in his role as producer and showrunner of the series as he's part of the Writers Guild of America, as is his producing and writing partner, Dave Filoni. Recently, Andor Season 2 writer and showrunner Tony Gilroy ceased his showrunner duties on the critically acclaimed series after coming under fire from a fellow Writers Guild of America members who accused the writer-producer of scabbing after it was reported that Gilroy would continue his production duties on the series following the completion of the Season 2 scripts. Following up on the Production Weekly report, um, they were reached out to by separate sources to ask for an update on planned filming for The Mandalorian Season 4 or to see if they could confirm the November rumor. One source simply dismissed the claim and the other stressed to me that everything is on hold and likely would be until an agreement is made between the Writers Guild of America and the studios, emphasizing to me that there's no planned timetable and reminding me of the possibility of the Directors Guild Association strike. Uh, the writer says, I'm not here to say who you should believe. I'm simply just sharing with you what I've been told. And that, at least for now, fans of The Mandalorian should not be getting their hopes up in regards to production picking up anytime soon. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. But before that, and most importantly, hopefully the writers get what they wholeheartedly deserve. So, Ted, what do you think about all that? I think it's logical to think or to assume that there will be delays. Um, 
it's just probably just inevitable. Best not to get your hopes up thinking that, you know, this, uh, I think it was originally supposed to start in September, the filming, right? And yep. um, I, November still, I think, is um, kind of uh, too far away to really figure out. I expect delays, unfortunately, across the board. The, the only thing, the only movies that are not getting delayed at this point are movies that are already like well into their filming process. Um, Ghostbusters, for example, has been filming since like February or so. Um, and so, yeah, like that one's probably going to stay alive, but everything else is just, we're going to have these massive delays until something, you know, really big changes. Yeah. And I just want to say hi to Evan O'Picker, who's actually driving or commuting to work. So uh, he's also across the pond. So good morning. Um, yeah. I mean, when these situations occur, which have happened, I know the big one happened a decade ago. Um, it's like the Writers Guild means business. They're on strike. They're picketing. Um, actors are joining them. Directors are joining them. Christopher Nolan, Jonathan Nolan was, were on the uh, picket lines. Um, you see Hollywood celebrities holding the signs along with the writers. Nothing really gets done without the writers for film and TV. Um, one would think it would be just a matter of time. Um I know the situation is now a little bit more complex with the rumored slash presumed notion that AI could possibly fill the role, which seems a little brazen and a little uh, naive uh, at this point in time. But um, I think the strike is 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 going to get resolved um, in the next few months, if not by the end of the year, which is going to delay everything. It's not only delaying Star Wars stuff, it's de delaying Marvel stuff, DC stuff, all across the entertainment industry. Um, TV's going to hurt. Film's going to hurt. Um, the writers are just basically asking for proper compensation. And I've heard stories of writers um, barely keeping the lights on in their place. And these are not writers on something you never heard of. These are like primetime shows that are winning Emmys and films that are massive. Um, and it's a, it's a tough business. And these people really love what they do and they're really talented. Um, so, I mean, just being able to pay for day-to-day -day things they're struggling with and it and it's while these corporations are making millions and billions of dollars off of stuff that we love and that we pay money to go see and stuff we buy it's it all stems from the people that have to take the time and create these stories uh, create the screenplays um basically create what we love and and what we want to keep going and um these corporations they need to figure out fast i think what 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 kind of deal they they need to strike with these writers because it's it's getting late in the game here and it's uh it's an unfortunate thing that's happening but i mean this is 
this is what it's come down to. Um, if if the situation wasn't dire, this wouldn't be happening. So good luck to to all those folks. Um, and it's primarily in uh, in Hollywood. Uh, that's where I'm seeing all the uh, the noise being made and all the the picket lines and uh, people striking and and actually getting um, notoriety online. So. Hopefully it gets resolved and uh, we can go back to uh, enjoying the things we love. Absolutely. I agree. All right. So everything's on hold. Uh, Mando season four is, is definitely one of those projects. Um, But Ahsoka, like I mentioned, is set to drop uh, late August, as late as he possibly can be in August. I believe the very last day. And that'll be on Disney Plus. And um, the marketing blitz is ramping up. So there were a couple of covers that dropped on Empire Magazine. For Empire Magazine. And I'll show them to you right here. If you're watching us. Um, You have a pose of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. uh, With the two white sabers. And uh, it looks like uh, gold foil lettering for Oppenheimer and uh, (laughs) a couple of uh, nods to Mission Impossible and Gal Gadot, Black Mirror, uh, Blue Beetle, which is dropping in August. Hey. And it looks like there's also an alternative cover that uh, is uh, black and white with the blue outline of the uh, World Between Worlds uh, logo. And uh, it looks pretty cool. In In the silhouette of Thawne. Yeah, exactly. The the first trailer that we saw in London at Celebration when Thrawn, I think, is walking away, maybe from, or is this him facing the camera? It's tough to tell. This one might be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Either way, it's his. It's his silhouette. You know, it's funny because I actually saw someone. I believe it was. Brian Ward, who took a silhouette picture of Lars Mickelson's head and he compared it to the back of Thrawn in that trailer before we knew that Lars Mickelson was cast. And he like put them on top of each other and he was like, look, a perfect match. And this, of course, was before <laughs> we knew. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's getting more real as the days go by that we're going to actually get a live action Ahsoka series. So there were a couple articles written. I do want to read uh, a little bit from them. Um, So Ahsoka, and this is uh, from Star Wars Newsnet, Ahsoka launches a marketing push with two Empire Magazine covers. And so it begins. The big marketing campaign for one of the biggest shows of the year, Disney Plus's Ahsoka, is now underway. As Empire Magazine has revealed its cover for the upcoming July issue, which hits sales on June 8th. It features Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano right up front with a very special cover for subscribers unveiled as well. So I guess if you want to get that second alternative cover, you got to subscribe to Empire. The magazine is also promising the reveal of exclusive pictures as well as new interviews with series lead Rosario Dawson. Series creator Dave Filoni, as well as co-stars Natasha Natasha Lou Berdizzo, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the late Ray Stevenson, 
Diana Lee and Osanto, Lars Mikkelsen, and John Favreau. As usual with Empire, they will be dropping new content every other day leading up to the release of the issue. Now, Iman Esfandi, who plays Ezra Bridger in the series, teased earlier this week that the marketing campaign is about to ramp up, and he was right. With these magazine coverages, Lucasfilm typically likes to kick off the bulk of the marketing campaign, and this likely signals that during the month of June, we'll get an official announcement of the release date, as well as our second trailer, and possibly more. Ahsoka is currently targeting an August release date, with an official announcement now mere days slash weeks away. So, Ted, how hyped are you about the Ahsoka series? Extremely hyped, uh, mainly because the Ghost Crew in live-action form is something everybody should be absolutely hyped about. I do wonder if they're going to save Ezra for maybe like a finale cliffhanger or um, a tease for kind of what's to come in the future. Mm -hmm. Giving us the entire Ghost Crew would be like, too good to be true you know what i mean like i feel like we we shouldn't have expectations set too high i don't want to be disappointed i don't want you folks out there to be disappointed so you know we see teases of everybody but um you know let's not let's not go all the way in but i am still extremely excited rosario dawson's just a superior talent and so Anything that she does, I'm I'm all in for. This looks like it's going to be extremely compelling. Ray Stevenson losing him um, is tragic, and it's going to be even more meaningful, you know, seeing him in this this role that he's he's in. So there's just a lot to look forward to, and uh, can't wait. Can't get here any sooner. Yeah, I think with our schedule that we have at Countdown City, um, it's going to get here really quick <laughs> before we know it. I know I, I spoke with Ted this this past weekend, and um, Across the Spider-Verse released. And, of course, Oscar Isaac is uh, starring in it as, uh, I believe, is it Spider-Man 2099? 2099, baby. Yep. And, um, yeah, it, like, kind of crept up on us. Uh, the very first Spider-Verse movie was one of my favorite films that uh, has ever really come out. I think it's a, it's a landmark film. And uh, it, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it won the weekend in, in the, as far as the box office goes. And critically, fan-wise, uh, the fan critic rating is through the roof. And um, there's going to be a sequel to that. So, that, so the Spider-Verse is going to have its own trilogy. And um, I'm trying to remember the point I was trying to make, but <laughs> something with crossing over to other franchises, something. Well, yeah, Oscar Isaac is a part of the franchise. He did a fantastic job. Um, I think most of our audience has seen the film, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the amount of great franchises that are releasing things. I think my I think my point was we're gonna get to Ahsoka fairly quickly here. I mean it's right we're right on the precipice. We're gonna do this Vanessa Marshall interview on Tuesday. Um I guess technically tomorrow and uh yeah I get her thoughts probably get her thoughts on 
uh, what she thinks. And um, maybe she, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure she's going to say something along the lines of, I can't talk about anything in regards to it. I think she <laughs> is involved with the Ahsoka show. Um, and I also have another theory about, so you really think about, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that all the voice actors from rebels are going to have some type of role to play. If it's not sure. major, it's going to be background. They're going to be a live action actor. And yep. we're going to be like that DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at, at the screen <laughs> whistles and points. Um, I kind of think in a, well, in a perfect world, Freddie Prince Jr. is going to show up as Kanan. He's been doing a lot of podcasts and press where he says, I'm never going to return to Star Wars. I'm never going to do it. Um, it feels like that's all for show. It feels like he's going to come back. It feels like him and Dave Filoni are tight to the point where if whatever Filoni asks of, of Freddie Prince Jr., he's going to do whatever um, uh, Filoni asks of him. So, I think there's a reasonable shot of Freddie Prince retur- returning as Kanan. And maybe if I was doing the show, I would start it off with a live action version of Kanan and his spoilers, I guess, for Rebels, but uh, in his last moments and uh, just reshoot that in live action. That would um, be amazing. It'd be powerful. It would. Uh, it would kind of set the tone. I think Ahsoka is going to have a darker tone. And uh, I think we're going to get a lot of surprises. I don't know anything personally. I do know some stuff. I do know some. I think I know some big stuff about Ahsoka. Um, I won't say what it is, of course. But uh, it feels like this show, and I've said it before on other podcasts, that it's going to be a show that ushers in the next era of Star Wars in a very interesting way. And I think Filoni's actually dropped a lot of clues as to what direction Star Wars is going to head into. Because, of course, we have, we've had the battles with the Empire. We've had the battles with the First Order. Now the question is, what what's the future thing that the good guys are going to battle. And I think he answers that question. And uh, I think I know what it is, but uh, it should be really cool. It's, I think it's right up everyone's alley. Um, everyone that uh, is a fan of stuff that Star Wars has been um, kind of modeled after and gotten inspiration from. Um if you read the tea leaves, you could probably figure it out. But it feels like it's going to be a step in a new type of direction that Star Wars, I think, people are going to welcome more so than anything. Um, yeah, we need it. <clears throat> we absolutely need it. Yeah. I, I I don't know what it is. I, I feel like this past weekend, I saw two separate studio movies, separate franchises, Marvel and DC. And it felt like major risks were taken like you know people are thinking outside the box they're taking major risks 
Um, they're really going all out to not give fans what they want, but what they more so kind of need, but they don't know that they need it. And you mentioned Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. And I cannot help. The first thing that pops into my mind was, my God, we were promised so much when we saw him in episode seven. It was like, oh, my God, this character is incredible. He's amazing. And yet I can't think of anything else he did after episode seven. Like potential gone. You know what I mean? Um, and yet everything was like right there for the taking. This amazing character. So hilarious, so charming, so witty. Um, you know, best pilot of the fleet. Like, number of things could have happened after seven. And I just feel like, oh man, what a waste! What a complete waste. Go back and make a, you know, Dameron in a the Academy movie or something. I, that's what I want to see. You could do Rogue Squadron featuring Poe, please. Please. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And right now, Oscar Isaac actually is doing Broadway in New York, and you can see his face in lights right now if you're in the New York area. And um, I believe it was 60 Minutes did a a story on him, and they walked with them on the streets of New York, and they were totally unimpeded, and it's like no one's stopping to say hi or nothing. Um, But I think in that area, I mean... Sure. It, it's just like they just leave them alone. There's, there's. It's a normal thing, yeah. It, but there was a Star Wars fan that uh, said, "Hey, Oscar, can I get a selfie?" And she hit the intergalactic jackpot because Oscar Isaac was on the phone with his buddy. Oh. And uh, so all three of them took a selfie together. <laughs> his BFF. So, yeah, so Oscar Isaac was FaceTiming with Pedro Pascal while a Star Wars fan asked to have their picture taken, and Oscar held up the phone. So you can see the fan, Oscar Isaac, and Pedro Pascal on the phone with his earbuds in, which is epic, on the streets of New York. <laughs> can we just get those two on a reality series, like just them going around and... And seeing different towns and eating in different restaurants, like that's all I want. That's all we will ever need. Yeah. Entertainment going forward. Oscar and Pedro uh take on the world. Yeah, Pedro Pascal's SNL hosting was one of the best episodes in years, I think. <laughs> A couple of those skits, man, I was just like cracking up so much. I mean, the Mario one by itself. Yeah, the Mario one was pretty epic. Um, but the ones that I really liked was when he was the grandmother <laughs> and he was with, uh, one of the new cast members, uh, who's, who's, uh, Latino and, uh, he brings in a girl that's not Latino and <laughs> Pedro Pascal dressed up as a grandmother says, 
my grandson does not hop up and down on hop. And then someone made a meme of that, and then they put Grogu hopping up and down. It was kind of funny. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, those two guys are ultra talented. Uh, Oscar Isaac went to Juilliard, which is the most prestigious acting school. So did Adam Driver. Um, and yeah, Oscar Isaac needs to do more Star Wars, even though he said in in public, "I'm not going to do Star Wars unless I need a new house." Which uh, <laughs> which we have the Ray movie coming out, and um, we all know that she's not going to be the main focus per se, according really? to reports. Yeah, according to reports, she's not going to be the main character, which is surprising. Um, you figure she would be, but uh, it almost feels like it's going to be like her episode seven type of film where she plays the Luke Skywalker role. But I think she'd have a little bit bigger role, or not Luke Skywalker, but like Han Solo for that movie. But I think Luke Skywalker for it's getting complicated here now. But um, yeah, so she's going to be building or having issues with her Jedi Academy. And, of course, John Boyega said, I'm not going to do anything unless Daisy Ridley returns, Oscar Isaac returns, J.J. returns, which is not going to happen because he's essentially with DC. But um, money does talk. But, I mean, the fans, I think, want John Boyega and Oscar Isaac to return. And hopefully they kind of listen to that. Um <laughs> A Facebook user said Pedro Pascal deserves a Kids' Choice Award. <laughs> I just looked it up. That's Tim. Tim oh, okay. Uh, Tim, Tim Sites. Yep. Yeah. Tim Sites, who's who's awesome in the Facebook group. He is uh, one of the meme lords that are out there. And he's also on the uh, Geeks and uh, Geekettes Facebook group. And he, he sure is a lot there, too. So, yeah, hopefully... We get something going with Oscar Isaac because he's a, a great talent and he's part of the Star Wars family. But going back to Ahsoka, Dave Filoni was interviewed and one of those new pictures that Empire Magazine um, was slated to drop has dropped and it's pretty high detailed, pretty interesting looking picture. I'll post it right now if you're watching us on video. It's Ahsoka with her arms crossed looking serious at someone or something maybe on like a bridge of a ship or um i don't know a bunker maybe something um there's an article out there that uh addresses the picture somewhat and some uh words from dave filoni uh so off of star wars news net uh, dave filoni described ahsoka as the bridge between what came before and what's really possible in star wars the upcoming Disney Plus series Ahsoka is the focus of the latest issue of Empire Magazine. And as such, the publication is slowly revealing new images and quotes from the cast and crew. After revealing two covers, they have now posted a brand new still from the show and snippets from an interview where Dave Filoni talks about the character's journey in the show, particularly where the starts, where she starts. Uh, Filoni, who created and wrote the entire series and also directed multiple episodes of it, has had the Ahsoka story in his head for a long time, as we all know, or at least parts of it. One of the most referenced moments from her animation arc is when she says, I'm no Jedi, a phrase that is often taken out of context. 
As Filoni explained to Empire, it's not that she doesn't wield a lightsaber or adhere to the values of what Jedi should stand for, but that she's lost faith in the institution, which forces her into a lonely position. This is where we meet her in The Mandalorian and where her journey starts in Ahsoka. Filoni says she's a wanderer at this point and is in a lot of ways wary of any organization as such because of the power that comes with it as a group. She walks a path that basically died out a long time ago. And there aren't many like her left, if any. So that's a lonely thing. What is that life like? If you are a loner, you have a very small circle of friends. What it is like, what is it like then when you try to open back up? There's also been much talk about how Ahsoka might be difficult to jump into for people who are not familiar with her journey in animation, particularly for people who have not watched Star Wars Rebels. After all, and despite Filoni insisting, this isn't necessarily the case. The new show is essentially a fifth season of Rebels. The writer, director, producer talks to Empire about how this was one of the big challenges of writing Ahsoka. Filoni says the biggest challenge was there's a whole bunch of audience that know her and a whole bunch that don't. She has one foot in the Star Wars that a lot of people know because of her connection to Anakin. And yet there's and yet she's all new and can go in her own direction in her own way. I think that makes her an interesting bridge between what came before and what's really possible. Filoni also hinted to Empire how he's a bit nervous about what his mentor George Lucas will think of the show. Uh-oh. Filoni says it's almost like when you turn in a big paper at school and it's like, here it is. A release date has not yet been set for Ahsoka, which we all think it's end of August, uh, though it was announced at Star Wars Celebration in London that the series is targeting an August debut on Disney+. More interviews with Rosario Dawson, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Winstead uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo, Diana Lee Inosanto, Lars Mikkelsen, and more, along with new pictures, will be revealed over the next few days leading up to the news to the new issues release. So, what do you think about Filoni's words there? I feel like these are the stories that we should most be looking forward to. I believe, if I remember correctly, he had Rosario Dawson pegged for. Ahsoka, even before they started shooting season one of The Mandalorian. Like, that's how far in advance he was already thinking about Ahsoka mm-hmm. and how to, you know, bring this story to the small screen. Being that he's had this much time to think about it, I'm sure he's worked it all out. I'm sure it's a very compelling story. I'm sure there's a lot for fans to, to look forward to and to love about it. So it gives me a lot of hope that this is going to be a a big step forward in the Star Wars universe. I think that everything that I've seen, heard, and felt really about this show, I think that we're going to get the potentials there. The potential to move Star Wars forward is, is there. Um, the fan casting essentially of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka 
was fantastic. It worked. It, they, they've proven it on The Mandalorian. Uh, Rosario Dawson is totally into it. I met her in London in at Celebration 2023 in London. She was super cool, um, super friendly with the fans, totally into it. She's also a big Star Trek fan. Um, I'm just I'm just happy that she was was picked to be Ahsoka and she is the star of the show and it's Filoni's kind of proving ground in a way. I know we've had the Mandalorian. He directed the very first episode. I think he knocked it out of the park. He's directed other episodes of the Mandalorian. All really great. Um, he's been studying for years on how to direct live action and we've talked about it a lot on the podcast how he was there on set uh, with several directors directing Star Wars and learning and I think he's 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 got it and I think it's it's time to go forward with him and have him kind of lead and be the great overseer of projects now the Mandalorian season three, while they were shooting, it was also said that the Ahsoka show was shooting almost simultaneously. Now, when you look back at the timelines, it seems like maybe Filoni didn't have a lot to do with Mando Season 3 and was concentrating more so on Ahsoka, which led to maybe a little bit of a disconnect between Seasons 1 and 2 with 3. I don't know. You be the judge. But it feels like Filoni primarily concentrated, as he should have, on the Ahsoka series. Because I think we're all looking at it. If not directly, it's more like... It could be a subliminal type of... Like, okay, this is... This is a Filoni... A full-on Filoni experience in live action. Now he's he succeeded in Clone Wars, succeeded in Rebels. Now we're going to get almost like a a taste of what his movie will kind of be as far as like tone as far as his directing style and we mentioned the the writer strike the possible uh, acting uh, guild directing guild all those guilds striking uh, that's going to push those films out even further possibly um because it every project affects the next project because in Hollywood they they kind of secure dates and if they're pushing stuff later it all has to be made eventually and everything's going to be reshuffled um but yeah this this TV show Ahsoka has a lot kind of writing on it and Filoni is is now an executive creative head. And he doesn't have many people he has to answer to anymore. But of course, he does have to answer to Kathleen Kennedy and the president of Lucasfilm, whoever that is going to be at the time. Um, and of course, we talked about the big rumor that some people have, have, have gone as far as to say that it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood that Kathleen Kennedy will be leaving Lucasfilm by the end of the summer. Um, I've heard stuff like that before in the past, and she's still here. Um, so, and 
her demeanor in London when I was there didn't look like a person like was thinking about retiring. It looked like she was like in full control and had her plan set and in motion. So I don't know. Maybe it was true and she changed her mind or maybe the rumors are just false. So. I, I'm not going to blame, you know, everything on, on Kathleen, but just the fact that you had a trilogy, a sequel trilogy that its biggest fault was that it was not a cohesive trilogy, which really should be like the first thing you do is make sure that your trilogy is cohesive. Um, that just seems like something that just is just as unforgivable and um, <laughs> it's not on it's not all on her you know she's not the only yeah. person she's there's other individuals there's other execs other producers but um it, you know the the buck has to stop somewhere and it may be it's just that we need some new leadership just yeah she isn't she didn't do the, the worst job but we need a new fresh take other franchises dc for example you know they're they're trying out somebody new they're gonna completely revamp everything for better or for worse it's just gonna be a fresh take on the franchise star wars needs a fresh take there's been uh, some really good and high times in recent years and then there's been probably an equal amount of low times um in the last few years as well so Let's get back to some glory days. Yeah, all in all, I don't think Filoni's really answering to anyone. I think he's just showing Kathleen Kennedy what he's working on, and she's like, okay. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. I don't think there's a lot of, like, overview and be like, well, we got to think about if, you, if, you, if you're going to do an Ahsoka series. I mean, well, or was, Rangers of the New Republic or anything like that. There was rumors that she was a little bit more hands-on with the third season of Mandalorian. Did you hear that as well? Yeah, I, I heard that talk. Um, I heard that there was maybe possible uh, like a, a schism between her and Favreau. I uh, don't know if any of that's true, but I mean, you do hear about it. Um, so, I don't know. Well, I'm here in South Texas, so I'm not. I'm not at Manhattan Beach Studios in California, and You'll hear certain outlets say certain things, and I haven't heard anything from the people that I trust that there was something that was definite that happened and a specific to some type of feud or something. I, I think the whole feud thing is kind of hilarious. I, I, I don't think there's really any feuds. I mean, that there might be disagreements on choices and projects, but I mean. Kennedy can just outright fire people instantly. Yeah. Like she's done with Colin Trevorrow, oh, yeah. Lord and Miller, um, Josh Trank. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't have to, she, she really doesn't have to kind of stand anyone. <laughs> I mean, she's got all the power. I think she has to like kind of go up to Bob Iger and maybe get that approval from them. Um, but, uh, she is, she's been around the block and, uh, she has a lot of credit and a lot of, uh, clout to her name. And, uh, 
Yeah, I don't think she has any hesitancy to do anything as uh, drastic as, as as we all know, just basically firing people. So, yeah, it's it, it it's. It's interesting the whole kind of landscape of like what's going on behind the scenes, but I I don't think there's that much um, negativity or arguments or feuds or anything like that. Um, yeah, there was something awkward about her on the stage of celebration this year, and I can't remember which presentation it was, but I was just thinking like they really couldn't got. Anybody else to do this? <laughs> Either yeah, I'm like, surprised she does it at all. Really, I mean, her enthusiasm is just not adequate for the level of energy that is necessary to entertain. Was it like five thousand people in an auditorium? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about that too, and for me you really want to get like an MC that has a whole lot more enthusiasm that wants to hype up star Wars, um, getting, getting something like a, um, almost like a carnival barker type person. <laughs> it's like, I, and I always say this on the podcast, if I was running Lucasfilm, yes, I would hype up star Wars so much. I would have hype music. I would have firework. I mean, I would have all the stuff, going on i would like build it up in the news and i mean we don't get a lot of that with star wars and uh i mean it's very by the book very kind of okay we're gonna make this announcement and then there were great announcements in london but uh yeah there's something missing i think a bit from from that type of atmosphere i mean it's a star wars celebration it's a convention you should uh, have a lot more hype and enthusiasm. <laughs> it's it may sound so petty to some people, but yeah, when you think about these are the most devoted fans who traveled around the world and paid ridiculous amounts of money to be there. The the little details matter so much more. They're they're so much more valuable. To attendees honestly i watched one uh presentation i don't remember which one it was and it was like watching uh justin hammer played by sam rockwell from iron man 2 he did like a a presentation at like some tech convention and like everything was just awkward and goofy or something and i'm just like <laughs> oh it's like it's like watching justin hammer all over again um it was just so bizarre. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. To be a leader in a lot of ways, again, I'm not an executive of some billion-dollar company, but just from what you hear from other successful business people and CEOs and whatnot, a, a leader sometimes needs to take a step back at certain points and let others do what, they know that they're good at and completely will let somebody else handle the presentation um, for any of the celebration panels. 
Yeah, we need to get Steve Ballmer to host Star Wars <laughs> Celebration. <laughs> Anybody. I I mean, honestly, look, Jack Black is in the universe now, so you can oh, get him to that's do a it. Good call. Oh my god, you can imagine Jack Black up there just I would I would absolutely love it. It'd be great. That's a great content. I would definitely be one for Jack Black showing up just hosting and be like, this is the next announcement. Star Wars Episode 10, starring Mark Hamill. (laughs) He makes everything sound like it's the greatest metal show of all time. And he could be talking about like a nursery rhyme. Like (laughs) it just, you have some people who have this uncanny ability to make things look effortless and to bring joy and and hype yeah. up a crowd and it, it takes so little effort for some people it just comes out of them like just like free-flowing water just just the exuberance and the the charm and the energy and it's celebration it's in the damn name celebration like we yeah. should be celebrating everything star wars is star wars is way too uh not only valuable but just Important. invaluable to some people um right. it, it, you can't you can't substitute it with anything else you can't replace it with anything else and it just deserves that much attention and care sorry way off on this weird tangent um here's to kathleen hopefully letting somebody else um drive the boat for a while and see how they do yeah yeah I mean, theoretically, to me, she all she would have to do is just sign the checks. Please bring in the talent, bring in the creative heads, sign the checks, sit back. It's like it's almost like owning like a like a sports team. I mean, you don't have to know how to diagram plays. I mean, bring in people that do. Absolutely, you hire the coaches. You let the coaches do their work. In this case, you know, directors, storytellers. Just let them do their work. Yeah. I agree. Um, The other topic that I want to talk about that I listed here was the Galactic Star Cruiser. Now, um, the podcast as a whole, we wanted to do a big trip where we uh, kind of put all of our money together and did the trip. It's a two-day trip. I believe it's about... If you if you do up to eight people, it's about six thousand dollars for two nights. Um, so if you split that up, it it becomes affordable. Uh, one of the big criticisms was that it it just really wasn't affordable for um, one person or two people to go. Uh, you'd have to kind of split up the cost between multiple people. Um, some of the people on the podcast uh, didn't make it out to the Star Cruiser. I have a picture here of some of them. Um, Aside from Colin, everyone in this picture here for watching us on video, uh, Christian, uh, Cap, Star, uh, Hunter, and Josh all did the Star Cruiser. And um, Hunter was telling me it was an incredible experience. Um, He basically conveyed that you just don't understand what that experience is until you actually go do it for yourself. And we all know the Galactic Star Cruiser shutting down into September uh, will be the last voyages right now. You can't book anything because I believe they're trying to honor uh, the voyages that were booked post-September 
by backfilling the slots uh, for the people that already purchased uh, during the time that they will be open. So um, I'm not sure when that window is is going to be lifted or if it's already been lifted. Um, but from every person that I've heard uh, go on the Galactic Star Cruiser, they said it was an amazing experience. It's one of the rare Star Wars experiences and most exciting, most memorable. Um, but of course, you'll get all the negative comments and naysayers out there that, well, I mean, it was just priced out of everyone's range and not everyone could afford it. Um, other people will say, well, it was based on um, stuff from Star Wars that we're not really fans of and wasn't really uh, that that attractive to actually go out there and spend the money and go on this ship that we just learned about that's not in the films, which is in other media, but it's not in any of the films that are right. But uh, to every person that that did go on the Star Cruiser, they said they had a blast. And I've been to Galaxy's Edge, and that experience is maybe... 10x on the star cruiser because you stay in an environment where it's wall-to-wall star wars the whole experience from the food the drink um missions you go on uh, we're apparently just super immersive i mean you're in a essentially in a hotel with no windows the windows essentially were video screens with outer space and occasionally you'd see them jump into hyperspace in your room um, like I said, I never got to experience it, but I know Hunter did. He loved it, and he said he was devastated when he found out the news that it was going to be closing. And I know a lot of fans went, and some of them even got married on the Star Cruiser. I mean, it it became one of the go-to places. And, of course, the podcast wasn't able to go, um, I think primarily due to the reason we're going to go to Celebration, and we're going to kind of funnel our 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 money there and and concentrate on that which we did accomplish we did go to london because yeah the price tag is pretty hefty um but for the experience from what i heard it was priceless and i don't know ted did you even consider going or do you know anyone that's been on the star cruiser um i do not know anyone who's been i think when i first saw the pricing it was already like a turnoff i was just like <laughs> wow you really don't want people to ride this th- or you know to to participate in this experience a company like disney you would you would think that they would have enough researchers to understand that the individuals that would be able to afford this type of trip aren't necessarily the ones who might participate in star wars activities um or would would you know take the time out of their their month to participate in star wars themed activities like this, sure, there's people that can afford this, but they're also those probably most of them are the same type of people that 
don't need to participate in Star Wars um, stuff like this. So it, it was just mind-boggling right off the bat. I mean, I think when it was first announced, even even the authors of the articles that were posting this was just like, to everyone's dismay and complete and utter shock, um, no one's going to be able to afford this. Who would like to go on it? So just unfortunate all around. Yeah. Yeah, I'm showing a picture of the food there on the Star Cruiser. Um, a lot like the food at Galaxy's Edge. Looks a little weird, but uh, a lot of the food tastes like really great at Galaxy's Edge. I'll, I have to give Galaxy's Edge that. Um, just about everything there was was good every time I've gone to Galaxy's Edge. And uh, yeah, it's sad that it's going to close, but man, that price tag, it, it screams. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be a big sacrifice for most fans, families to attend something like that. And even attending something like that, you're connected right to Disney World. Are you going to have enough money to go to Disney World after that? Because <laughs> it's right there. It's like the kids are like, we're OK, so we're going to do the Star Wars thing. And then Disney World's right there. We're not going to go to Disney World and pay, what, $160 for a ticket yeah. for each member of the family and yeah. then have to pay for food and then Just hotel stay. Yeah. yeah. it's How you have such a big disconnect from your target consumers is mind-boggling. Again... I don't know who exactly the blame is, um, but it someone needs to definitely own up to it and take responsibility. And yeah, it's just again um, unfortunate all around. Yeah, yeah. Um, there have been no plans to do anything, as far as the public knows, uh, with with that building uh, that has no windows. Um, that's a, a huge hotel, a windowless hotel. Um, I've heard uh, some people talk about the fact that one of the major reasons it closed was so that they, the, so that Bob Iger could raise the stock price of Disney. Uh, I've heard that before. Um, but yeah, we have no idea what's going to become of the Star Cruiser. Um, if it's going to be... Um, refurbished or retrofitted with something um no news as of yet but uh, it'll be closing down at the end of september so if you want to go i think colin actually has an opportunity to go uh and and take one of the final final voyages in august i believe so he might go and of course we do have a podcast uh, with the people that actually did the experience and spent the two nights on Star Cruiser um, in our archive. So if you just go back to uh, the Star Cruiser podcast, you can listen to all the uh, all the cool things that that happened and all the missions they did. And um, yeah, that's out there for you. Uh, but speaking of cool experiences. Um, this past, I'm trying to remember the day now. Was it Wednesday? This past Wednesday 
we went out to uh, Ted, myself, and Brian went out to a newly renovated Alamo Draft House in the Stone Oak area in San Antonio. Um, about a million dollar renovation to the seating, the uh, waiter calling system, uh, the lobby, um, and we were featured on their Facebook page. And um, it was to watch uh, Spaceballs on the big screen, which, of course, we all know that's the parody of Star Wars. I had never seen it on the big screen, and I don't think I'd ever seen it from start to finish. I'd always seen bits and pieces of it on network TV here in the San Antonio area on, I think it was on Fox. Um, But yeah, of course, in the Alamo Draft House tradition, they gave out props. We got lightsabers. They gave out these uh, combs because, of course, they comb the desert. We've all seen those memes on the Facebook group. Um, and, yeah, it was a really good time. And uh, I have a picture here. The picture that they posted of myself, Brian, and Ted. Um, Brian's having a terrific time. <laughs> he's he's drunk about <laughs> half a glass of champagne there. Um, there you go. And, yeah, and Ted and I are just kind of like, yeah, let's uh, cross our sabers. So, yeah, it was a good time. We watched Spaceballs. Um, it was kind of a quote along. They, that's what they do at Alamo Draft House for older films. You can actually speak in the theater. You can quote the same lines that you hear. Uh, that's allowed because Alamo Draft House does have very strict rules on talking during movies, on cell phones, and that type of thing. And sometimes they show musical productions and you can actually dance in the aisles and stuff like that. I've never attended one of those, but uh, the Stone Oak location is pretty cool. It's actually very close to my office uh, for my day job. So it was, it was not that big a deal. And I met uh, the manager at the Stone Oak draft house. He was really cool. And um, he kind of talked about, he kind of gave me the rundown of all the renovations and, um, Kind of just talked about uh, the event and what his passion was for uh, the movie theater and Alamo Draft House, and it was a nice little event. Uh, they had a DJ, and it was a nice, nice little crowd there. And uh, they took a bunch of pictures. They gave us these lightsabers, and it was it was really cool to see Spaceballs and laugh with the crowd with all those classic Mel Brooks jokes in Spaceballs. And do you have a favorite, Ted? Favorite joke? Yeah, favorite joke from Spaceballs. Oh my god! I think <laughs> I mean this is gonna sound so cheesy, but um, it's it's probably Rick Brandis, uh as Lord Helmet, um, unknowingly going too fast, uh, ludicrous speed, and just the just the insanity that happens in that sequence leading up to him smashing into the front console and yeah. then <laughs> have we stopped are we there <laughs> how about we take five <laughs> smoke what have you got him <laughs> rick Moranis is such a treasure he is so funny why he's not back in the ghostbusters universe is beyond me give uh. that man all the money he wants <laughs> or doesn't need tell him you'll donate it to like the charity of his choice or you'll build something in Canada that he wants. I have no idea. Just let the man do whatever he wants um, while we still have him around. And I know that sounds a little dark, but 
He's just so damn cool. Yeah, and he came to San Antonio to do, uh, 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 I guess he did a signing and he did some pictures with uh, with fans. And he was made an honorary member by my buddy Chris, who was actually dressed up as one of the uh, the bridge members of Spaceballs. And uh, yeah, he was there. And uh, we actually have, I totally forgot, we have a member of the 501st that does cosplay as Lord Helmet. And uh, she was there too um, at uh, at the Comic Con that Rick Brands was at. She didn't go to the event, but uh, it was actually on short notice when they were notified. So they were given uh, a little bit more time. So I think Tim here on Facebook is saying they should have given out canned air for free gifts. <laughs> they gave they, out balloons. Yeah, they gave out balloons. They gave out a comb, uh, a lightsaber, yeah, a Schwartz saber. Yeah, Schwartz. They gave out a Schwartz and a comb, yeah. and a balloon. Yeah, so yeah, that was pretty, pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah, themed themed drinks, baseball themed drinks. Um, yeah, you could have done a number of things. A can of shaving cream. I mean, anything. Little makeup, yeah. um, mirror or something like that for. Yeah, but anything. Great movie. I'd never seen it on the big screen. Um, it it's so um insane how well it holds up. I mean, just the, the yeah. quality of it, the 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 story, the timing, the performances. You would think that over time it would just get more and more ridiculous, but no, it doesn't. It somehow treads this fine line between um entertainment and just complete absurdity. And it's just incredible yeah again i i know people have this weird thing about like stop making sequels come up with original ideas even though they don't go see the original ideas that come out but Spaceballs is one of those things where i really want to know what a a sequel would look like it it doesn't have to be the same characters but just this this universe i want to see what's going on in it yeah, in a world when Michael Keaton's coming back in 2023 from Batman 89. Michael Keaton's coming back as uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And to Harrison Ford is redoing all of his IPs, Star Wars, Blade Runner, Indiana Jones. A Spaceballs 2 is next in line, I would think. Mel Brooks is still with us. He's very, very much an older gentleman, but yep. he's still sharp as a tack. I've seen interviews with him. It would be awesome, man, if we could get a Spaceballs 2. Not straight to Hulu. Not on Amazon. Have it in the big screen. And I also do want to point out that George Lucas himself approved of Spaceballs. And Spaceballs did utilize Skywalker Ranch. They utilized ILM. And Brian actually was sitting next to me. He pointed it out. He's like, that's why all the effects look so great and they hold up is because ILM was were the people that worked on them. And they did add a bit of cheese to it and they didn't go full on Star Wars effects. I, I think that was for the actual tone of the film. But um, yeah, I think Tim says the title right here, Space Falls 2, The Search for More Money. I mean, yeah, so many great jokes, so many great one-liners, so many gags. Uh, perfect casting. Joan Rivers, John Candy, uh, Bill Pullman. 
Dick Van Patten. <laughs> maybe, maybe has there has there ever been a Star Trek parody? I mean, maybe Spaceballs. Galaxy too. Quest. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. Not necessarily a parody, though, right? It's more like a. Yeah, more. Like more it's more like a. Yeah, like an Orville type of. Oh yeah, Orville would be more of a parody. Like yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yeah. I got you. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for this uh, podcast episode. I want to thank my special guest host Ted from the Countdown City Geek Cast. Of course, you can go to countdowncitygeeks.com and look at all the stories Ted is constantly posting. Everyone else on the team is uh, contributing. And of course, you can go to uh, the Geeks and Geekettes uh, Facebook group page. I know Tim, who's uh, watching us and been commenting, he posts a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, movie news, movie posters, memes, everything from <laughs> everything that's pop culture, anime, comic books, films that have recently been released, stuff that we're about to watch, all the stuff you love. You can find it there and all the awesome interviews that Ted has done. Uh, he just watched The Flash tonight before any one of us. And uh, he got to uh, talk to Supergirl herself in the flesh. Sasha Gaia. <laughs> still still kind of a dream right now. I Again, these things are not... I am not always looking for these things to kind of happen. They just sort of do... And I am very um, appreciative of things. So yeah, I we will have a uh, an interview with uh, the new Supergirl on our channel at Countdown City Geeks um, later this week. And if you are a fan of movies, you probably are, since you're on this channel, of course. Um, we're giving away movie tickets, movie passes to advanced screenings. All summer long, there's a huge list of movies coming out, and um, we just have more and more movie passes to give away. So, if you are interested in watching movies for free before they are released, um, go subscribe to the Countdown City Geeks on YouTube. Um, we'll have two, two giveaways, uh, one to the new Disney Elemental movie, and another one to... Uh, the Flash movie this week. So go take a look. Yeah, it's an incredible time, man. It's amazing that studios allow for us to give away passes like that. It's a, it's incredible. I never thought in a million years, I never thought they would, you would have straight to streaming movies that bypass theaters, let alone studios saying, okay, you can hand out these passes to whoever you would like to. And, it's uh it's a reality man it's it's wild it is really wild so tim says get your movie pass as quickly as they'll be gone in a flash <laughs> it's late <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thanks a lot tim for uh for posting here um and of course you can always find us on instagram at star stuff podcast i know it's indiana jones month uh, according to Colin, and he's posting a lot of indie facts and uh, fun little pictures. Uh, Twitter at Stuff Pod. You can also find us on TikTok. You can email us uh, anything you want at Star Stuff Podcast 
at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, a Facebook group, uh, which Tim is constantly contributing to. Thank you so much, Tim. Uh, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, hopefully give us five stars and you can review us on Spotify, uh, which does host our podcast. And uh, you can also go to our website. It's StarWarsStuffPodcast.com where we have a few articles up there written by James. And, uh, of course, we have a lot of exciting interviews coming up. And I say stay tuned. And I will be loading them first to Patreon, of course, before I load them up uh, to our main channel on YouTube. And uh, thank you so much for everyone's love and support. And for Ted, my name is David. And may the force be with you. Peace out. Always. That's the and line the said. Always. And the Schwartz. <laughs> may the Schwartz be with you. Always. Always. <laughs>